In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. As you're making a list for the little ones in your life this time of year, don't forget about the new releases at New Growth Press, including the new picture book, Why Do We Say Goodnight? Going to bed and turning out the light can be a scary time for many children, so this book reminds little ones that Jesus watches over them all night long, just like a shepherd protects his sheep. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today, I'm thrilled to welcome back Dr. Jonathan Gibson. Johnny is Associate Professor of Old Testament and Hebrew at Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. He is co-editor of several books, including Reformation Worship and From Heaven He Came and Sought Her. He's also the author of a wonderful book for children called The Moon is Always Round. If you haven't heard of this book or if you don't have it, I hope you will look into it and get a copy for your family. He is married to Jackie and they have two children, Benjamin and Layla. Johnny, great to have you back on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Champ. What passage do you have for us today? I have Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 to 24. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Johnny, there's a lot here. There's probably enough to do multiple episodes of this podcast on these verses. This is rich stuff. So why don't we start with you just summarizing, paraphrasing, what's the gist of these three verses? Uh, I think the gist is that as Christians, we, uh, when we gather for worship together on the Lord's Day and other times during the week, we're reminded that we do not just gather as a small group of people here on earth in a building where our praises bounce off the ceiling and our prayers only go up to the roof. But actually, when we gather together as God's people, we gather around Mount Zion, where the exalted Christ is, and where there is an innumerable company of angels, uh, the assembly of the firstborn, and the spirits of the righteous made perfect, which means that we, as the church on earth, when we gather together to worship God, we're actually gathering with the church above and with the angels and archangels to worship God. So how does the author of Hebrews intend that we apply this verse? How would he intend that these verses be used by us today? Well, I think what he wants us to see is that our worship transcends just something that we're doing here on earth, that it actually impacts and uh, enriches our view of Sunday worship. So I have a little catechism I do with my son, Ben, on a Sunday morning. I say to him, Ben, what day is it? And he says, it's the Lord's Day. And I say, what do we do on the Lord's Day? And he says, "Uh, we eat pancakes. And I say, yeah, that's right, Ben. And where do we go on the Lord's Day? And he says, to church. And I say, and what do we do at church? And he says, we worship the triune God. And then I say, and who do we get to do it with, Ben? And he says, with Layla, Hmm. which is his little sister who died at full term. And 
that has become really significant in our family that we realize each Sunday as we gather and, and during the week in home groups as well, that we are really gathering with a heavenly choir as well as a group of earthly people. And that we actually get to unite with the saints who have gone before us um, and uh, worship God together. So the way I think of it is that the church militant on earth, the church who is still striving against the world, the flesh and the devil, the church militant on earth gets to join with the church triumphant in heaven. Mm. And as one church, we gather around the throne of the Lord Jesus in the heavenly Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. And we worship the Father through the Son in the grace and power of the Spirit. Mm, that's good. So do you think that this verse is saying, now I guess I'm kind of getting off into a speculative kind of question, but do you see this verse is saying that there is some special kind of heavenly worship going on on the Lord's day in, uh, heaven, in heaven? Yeah, I would say worship's going on continually in heaven and each Lord's day we get to join in. It's hmm. the way I look on it. Yeah. So there's a continual praise and worship of God and the risen Lord Jesus. Uh, but we, each Lord day, get a glimpse by faith of what they see by sight. A little taste of heaven on earth then. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, John, you said something interesting earlier about the Old Testament people of God worshiping around Mount Sinai. C can you give us a bit of the storyline there? Like what's going on with the worship of God's people there? And how does that relate to us now? Yeah, I, I think the worship of God in the Old Testament can be summarized by... Um, three sons on three mountains. So you begin with Adam, who is called a son of God. He begins to worship God on Mount Eden. Um, and uh, we know Eden was up in the mountains because there were rivers that came out of Eden. Right. And uh, Ezekiel tells us it was in a mountain. So you have Adam, the son of God, on Mount Eden, called to worship God. Then you have Israel, also called God's son by Moses, when he says to Pharaoh, God says, let my son go that he might worship me. Mm -hmm. um, and so you've got God's son Israel gathered at Mount Sinai in the desert. And then you have Solomon, who is the son of David, also a son of God, who gathers Israel on Mount Zion. Uh, and in two Chronicles, chapters 5, 6, and 7, he gathers Israel for a worship service. And the pattern of the worship service there actually patterns the worship in um, at Sinai. And so you have three sons on three mountains who uh, are worshiping God. And then Christ comes and he is the son of the last days. And uh, he worships God on a mountain, refuses to uh, worship the devil, uh, which each of the previous sons had done in various forms, Adam, Israel, Solomon, all failed as worshipers. But Christ comes as the true worshiper. And uh, he worships God, and through his perfect life, death, resurrection, and ascension, he ascends into the heavenly Mount Zion and now conducts worship from there. Hebrews chapter 8 says that he is a minister in the holy places conducting our worship for us. Hmm. And so I think that's how you can trace this um, theme of worship around the mountains in the Old Testament coming to their fulfillment in Christ in the heavenly Mount Zion above. And, and what's interesting in the Old Testament is the nations, you know, Israel's never sent out as missionaries to the nations. It's the nations come to Israel to worship God at Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. You think of the Queen of Sheba. She comes from Ethiopia to worship and to, to converse with Solomon. And that's what we see in the New Testament. Uh, there's still a gathering around Mount Zion, but it's the Mount Zion above 
that all the nations are flowing to. But interestingly, on earth, then there is an actual missionary movement out to the nations beyond the borders of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to call people to repentance, to turn from their idols and come and worship the true and living God through his son, Jesus Christ. Wow, I love the sweep of that story, and you get to see the whole Bible, the big picture, like looking at a, a series of peaks on mountains, appropriately enough. You can just see the mm. whole mountain range stretched out and see the big picture of what God is doing in gathering worshipers to himself. Yeah, it's, I love it. it's beautiful when you see it all together in one big story. Well, thank you for painting that for us today. It's been wonderful to have you on the podcast. Would you close our time by praying these verses for us? Yeah, let us pray. Father God, you are the great, eternal God. You are majestic in your being. You are holy. The angels gather before you in heaven, uh, covering their face and their feet, uh, because you are so unapproachable. And yet you call us to come to Mount Zion to worship you. And we thank you that we can do that because of your son, the Lord Jesus, the one who lived the life that we could not live, the one who paid the penalty for our sin that we could not pay, and the one whom you raised from the dead in the power of your spirit and exalted to your right hand. So we pray, Father, that as we have reflected on these wonderful verses in Hebrews, we pray that you would transform our worship of you in all of our life, but especially when we gather together as a church on your day. We pray that you would lift our eyes beyond the horizon of this world and show us that we the church on earth, get to participate with the church in heaven with angels and archangels and get to worship you, our great God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.